Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. Each razor has stainless steel blades and aloe vera lubricating strip and a pivot head. It's so gentle a toddler could use it. And do you like spending $20 a month on brand name razors? 19 go to Roger Federer. I'm good at tennis. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher, and ten blades? Your handsome-ass grandfather had one blade and polio. Looking good, pop up! Stop paying for shave tech you don't need. And stop forgetting to buy your blades every month. Alejandro and I are going to ship them right to you. We're not just selling razors. We're also making new jobs. Alejandro, what were you doing last month? Not working. What are you doing now? Working. I'm no Vanderbilt, but this train makes hay. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. In uncertain times, we could use someone to lean on. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma will stand by you with plan options to fit your budget. If you've recently lost your job, had a baby, or moved, you can still get the health care coverage you and your family need. Financial help may be available for those who qualify. Call 855-452-BLUE or visit hereforyouok.com to see if you're eligible to enroll. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma, a division of Healthcare Service Corporation, a mutual legal reserve company. Today, this breakfast isn't just breakfast. It might be the first McDonald's breakfast you're having at McDonald's again. This lunch might be a weekly tradition you hadn't had in weeks. And this dinner might be the first one you bought for not just you in a while. Whatever this order is for you, McDonald's will be here to take it. Get more of the chicken you love with a delicious McChicken sandwich for $1. And for an extra buck, add a refreshing Dr. Pepper. Dining rooms are starting to reopen in certain communities. At participating McDonald's, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Not to be a backseat driver, but can you say for sure you got the best monthly payment possible on your auto loan? Could it be that you might have gotten a better deal by shopping the loan at a few places and have a lower car payment? 
Next time before you go car shopping, visit Communication Federal Credit Union first. Our auto loan experts will find you a perfect loan and get you the lowest monthly payment we can. Communication Federal, your auto loan experts. Restriction supply, federally insured by NCUA. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. The following program contains adult language and coarse themes and Alien probing may occur. Listener discretion is advised. Please give us a shout out about sound quality because we are trying something new. Um, but yeah, so anyway, yeah, because we were having Skype issues, we quickly jumped onto Discord. And that's why I had to do a quick live mix on the intro because I realized I forgot to load one. And the first thing I loaded was just the basic old school one. So I was like, oh, that doesn't have the rest of the stuff that we've mixed in. So yeah, we're here. We're live. We're doing juxtaposition. It's been, it's been about a month. <laughs> Because everything keeps going sideways. And I thought tonight was going to be one of those nights again because Skype said no. <laughs> well, yeah. We are. We thought we were bound and determined not to be able to do this show. The way everything was just kept falling apart. But we will be talking about D.B. Sweet or Cooper and <laughs> getting to the bottom of it. Topic. That's all I'm going to say. Because you, you almost said DB Sweeney too. And it's not my fault. I did that on purpose. Because every time I've talked about this for like the last month and a half, I keep mixing up DB Sweeney and DB Cooper. <laughs> yeah, me too. But anyway. So, um, so yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if, if you do get any audio weirdness tonight, because I'm getting a little bit, but that's just because we haven't gotten everything pointed right. And, you know, um, you know, so we we're fuck it, we're doing it live. So sometimes you break out a little bit on me, Rick, and I'll probably break out on you too because we're learning. But yes, we are uh this is the first official attempt at Discord. Yeah, and uh so far we like it. And to each haven't. other, we sound phenomenal. I was gonna say you actually haven't broken out on me yet, so I'm kinda disturbed that I am yeah. on your end. But anyway. Yeah. So hi. So hello. How are you? Um, well, I mean, we're almost 20 minutes late to our own show, so there's that. 
<laughs> but we are finally getting to test out Discord, which is something that you've been bugging me about for, what, five years? <laughs> yeah, at least. Yeah, the show is having a toe pickle. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. It was actually Jeff, you know, because when we were going like, oh, fuck, we're not going to get to do this again, he piped in chat saying, try Discord. So, and that's what we did. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, so. Yeah, so anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, D.B. Cooper. D.B. Cooper. This is one that... <sighs> It, it 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 was one of those we um I think we were doing the uh we were doing the uh golden uh circle one and I had just kind of said there are no American heroes except for DB Cooper and then oh we should do a show on DB Cooper and he is the he is somewhat of a folk hero I mean I don't necessarily agree with everything he did but um you know if you're a fan of Sky King and Killdozer and um just general rebelling against the system and making your stand, he's up there with him. No, I mean, yeah, completely, completely truthfully, um, he is one of the unsung heroes of America, in my opinion. But He is the only person to get away, allegedly get away, with a skyjacking on American soil. But can we honestly say he's unsung, though? Because I think they've written a few songs about him, so I could be wrong. I think that they have written a few songs about D.B. Cooper. So I think I might be a little premature on the unsung thing. I actually should have looked, because I think there are some D.B. Cooper songs. We could have sprinkled those throughout the show, and I kind of forgot. (laughs) Yeah. That's all right. But yeah, Uh, so D.B. Cooper, if you don't know the story about D.B. Cooper, where the hell have you been the last 50 uh, years now? Yeah, 50. 50, 51 now. Wait, no, 52, because yeah. it's 23 now. So, yeah. yeah, 1971. No, it's actually 51, because um, this happened well, that's true. It's not a month and a few weeks after I was born. So, on the afternoon of Thanksgiving Eve, November 24th, 1971, a pretty plain-looking dude calling himself Dan Cooper... Approached the uh, counter at Northwest Orient Airlines in Portland, Oregon, bought himself a ticket, and got on a plane and became one of the most unsolved unsolved mysteries in the FBI's history. And it's, I mean, it it literally is, I think it's, they still have no idea where he is, what happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's several theories but yeah so uh, a man generally believed to be in his 40s tight brown hair brown eyes and a black suit black tie white press shirt looking every bit the men in black slash reservoir dogs slash mormons coming to talk to you about latter-day saints kind of looking dude gets onto a plane orders a drink, uh, bourbon and seven, I believe, and proceeds to start smoking, which you were allowed to do in the day. Plane takes off, and he hands the stewardess a note saying, I have a bomb. Or he hands the stewardess a note. And she thinks that she's just getting hit on because that was the style in the day of, you know, hey, you know, another guy's giving me the phone number and all that. So, no, you really need to read that note. She opens it up. He says, I have a bomb. Uh, Please alert the pilots. And, um... 
he kind of opened up his briefcase and she saw several sticks of dynamite and he was holding onto a detonator. So yeah, so so she's walking. So it, you know, as you as you said, she she finally reads the note. She walks the note to the captain. Basically, the note says, you know, I have a bomb and I want twenty thousand dollars and four parachutes. I'm just thinking two hundred. Well, yeah, I'm sorry, two hundred thousand dollars and four parachutes. I'm just, I, I've been on lots of planes. Yes, I was unaware they had that kind of money on them, so. Kind of surprised nobody else has thought of this before or after. <laughs> right. I was like, wait, you can two hundred thousand dollars on an airplane? That's interesting. Um, but yeah, so yeah. I mean, you know, th- think about this though, from the stewardess perspective, she used to getting hit on, used to getting you know notes from guys, you know, and you know, yeah. I don't want coffee or tea, I want you, and instead it's um, I, right. have, a, I have a bomb. Right. And so she walks it up to the pilot. They land um, in Seattle. The hijacker exchanges the 36 passengers for money and parachutes. And he also wanted it in $20 bills. And originally they brought him military style parachutes. He said, no, I want civilian parachutes. And it's believed the reason why he asked for four of them is that if he had just asked for a parachute for himself, they probably would have given him one that wouldn't have worked a non-operative one or whatever. So in doing that, he's implying when I jump, I'm taking one of the flight crew with me. So, you know, you better make sure the shoots work. And, you know, he never actually said that, but that was the thought and they didn't know, but they had actually given him a faulty parachute. Um, one that was actually slated, not for use, but so they get him the, uh, parachutes they get him the money and um somewhere between after takeoff the pilot comes back to him and says look we don't have enough fuel to make it to mexico because he also said he wanted to fly to mexico city so we don't have enough fuel to make it to mexico city they agreed to land at uh reno tahoe airport for refueling and a little bit after that he said he gave very specific instructions he said i want you to fly under ten thousand feet I want you to fly very slowly. I want the flaps down at a 20-degree angle. And then he proceeded to put on his parachute, lower the ramp of the 727, and disappear out into the night. Yep, basically he jumped out the back of the airplane, probably yelling yelling Geronimo or Cowabunga or whatever was popular at the time. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, is it me or does this just seem crazy? Oh, it's absolutely crazy. It is. Um, th- this is something you were at the time. Uh, it was believed no actual like it's any parachutist, military or civilian, hobbyist or anything. Nobody who was into parachuting would do this because they know how insane it is. As at one point, he was trying to lower the back ramp and he couldn't. And uh, he got on the box up to the pilot and asked them to fly or told them to fly slower until the ramp was able to deploy. And it a lot of this implies great knowledge of the 727 because not a lot of people knew one of the like hidden features of a 727 was that you could lower the ramp while it was in flight and it wouldn't act as a you know send the 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Playing into a dive or anything like that. It was actually found out much later that at the time the CIA was using this very tactic to drop operatives into Vietnam. Somehow not surprising. Which honestly, you know, speaking of you know his his knowledge, the idea that he knew that there were apparently you know access to hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, the fact that he knew that the ramp could be opened in flight and nobody else but the CIA did. I think I know who D.P. Cooper might have originally been working for. Yeah, and this is—I mean—is the three most popular. Um, suspects in this all have specific training in this in these fields um, but later so flash forward the money is never seen or heard from again until 1980 when a young boy was found found a rotting package of $20 bills along a river along where D.B. Cooper left the plane and it was it wasn't a lot. It was only like fifty eight hundred dollars of the two hundred thousand dollars. But um, it was still all of the all of the bills had been photographed, and they were. What I found interesting in this too is that they were already predestined for something like this. Like if there was a bank robbery, or if there was something like this, this money was already known. That if it ever turned up, that you know, law enforcement knew to look for this sequence of bills. You know, even before the DB Cooper thing, so it's like you, know, it, which led, which implies that at the time, um, banks were holding what was what would be considered ransom money, traceable money. Yeah, does that seem a little weird to anybody else, though? I guess if it's before the time of, um, you know, inks, you know, ink packs, that that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I, I guess maybe. But yeah, the fact that all the, I mean, how much of the 200000 was actually, you know, set aside for this, but it was all photographed, they were all, you know, it was all ready to go for something like this. Um, and yeah, so some of these bills did turn up in the 80s, and it's not, okay, well, this is where he died then, because why would just two of the, you know, some of the packs be, you know, disappear and, you know, you're, you know, be found and the rest of them. So it's like, oh, he must have fallen in this body of water and died. And they did dredge the river where this money was found. And they did find a body, but it turns out to have been an abducted girl who had been missing and not D.B. So in searching for the D.B. Cooper, in searching for D.B. Cooper, they solved another cold case. But, yeah, so um, that's it. And that is all that is known. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the theories is that since he opted to jump out of the plane um, in the middle of the night with no helmet and a faulty parachute, that he probably died. But they don't know if he did actually put on the faulty parachute, because it was only one of the, th- one of the four was faulty. Oh, he, had, he requested for two back parachutes and two front parachutes. Oh, I know. 
But that that's that's the primary. That was the primary assumption. But the issue was yeah. now that the feds aren't sure because you know they spent years looking for the body and weren't there, weren't ever able to find his. They did, like you said, they solved another cold case, but not his. Right. So. So. Yeah. So where does okay DB Cooper come? From? First of all, nobody knows where the name DB Cooper came from because when he bought the ticket, he bought the ticket as Dan Cooper. Now, one of the things of the theories... Do you, do you, did you want to cover anything else before we get into the theories of who, what, no. and where? No, no, no. That's fine. That's actually where I was headed next anyway. Was that? That's actually where I was headed next anyway. Okay. So, Dan Cooper is actually the name of a um, comic strip hero. That he was a pilot, and he was kind of like, you know, an action man kind of thing, and... He was getting into adventures. The thing is, though, is that it's a Canadian comic book that we never saw release in the United States. So he, it is believed that whoever this Dan Cooper was learned about this comic either from being in Canada or from being in the Air Force attached to Canadian units like over in Europe during the Cold War or over in Vietnam. Yeah. I, I still think Vietnam, especially because he seemed to be aware of the fact that the ramp could be lowered in flight. That's not, I mean, to my knowledge, that's still not really common knowledge. And I used to work for an airline who, who used to use a lot of seven twenty sevens. Yeah, it's a yeah. I mean, that's it's really an you know an unadvertised feature of the plane. So, okay. Well, getting into that, then I know you've read you know who the theories of the true identity were which ones to jump out at you i mean the one i think that jumped out at me the most let me see if i can find it again where was it i think for me the one that stood out the most was william gossett only because he you know had a lot of the prerequisite trainings. Um, William Gossett was a veteran of the Korean and Vietnam Wars, meaning he would have been in Vietnam, a survivalist and a parachutist. He told his sons and a local judge in San Diego that he was the one that actually committed the 1971 skyjacking. Um, now, whether he was or not, um, again, he's one of the only ones that checks a lot of the boxes that you and I have just gone over. Um, his son, Greg, uh, actually recalls having an unusual amount of money at Christmas in 1971, and Gossett's physical characteristics matched the description from eyewitnesses. However, Gossett died in 2003. So there was, a, there was an investigation regarding this, and uh, Galen Cook, who investigated the Cooper case on his, uh, so on his own for years, decided that Gossett was most likely D.B. Cooper, Cook said he has provided Gossett's fingerprints and DNA to the FBI, but the agency said there is no evidence to link Gossett with the case. But if a plain Jane private dick outshined the FBI, would they really tell you? Just saying. Did we lose already? No, 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 no. Sorry. I'm, uh, again, Discord. I'm looking, I'm hunting all over for the unmute button and i couldn't find it so um yeah no gossett is a uh you know, a good uh I, I i'm a fan of that one too i'm trying to find the name of the one um who had a deathbed confession and his wife actually started investigating it 
And uh um hang on. Yeah, because one of the things I mean, okay, so again talking about the uh um the FBI and you know, why they've kind of like you know backed away from this uh is that I mentioned that you could smoke on the planes in the seventies. Well, um Cooper smoked half a pack of cigarettes in the time that all this was going on. And the FBI got all those cigarettes and um lost them. Because now, you know, they could have gotten the DFA off of those, you know, lottery tickets and figured out, oh hey, you know, um yeah, it's it's this person's DNA. Uh, so yeah, the FBI just loves being embarrassed. <laughs> they, they just happen to lose the only genetic um, evidence they would have had on him. But uh, yeah, so one of them, and I'm still looking. Uh, so, so, so wait. Oh, what? yeah, Weber. Okay, yeah. Oh, What's that? I'm Sorry? Not, well, I was going to say, while you're still looking for that, here's my alternate theory to what happened with cigarettes. If I'm right about Cooper being former CIA, I'm pretty sure he stole the cigarettes well okay well, he still smoked oh, okay no okay no i get you. stole them from the fbi after the fact yeah okay. or or if okay Baldy, and you know i mean that's you know i i, I could go with that or even, yeah even, even, even back then the fbi screwed up mike um well, yeah, <laughs> badly so, well, well yeah just so okay so um uh, the, well, the one that uh jumped out at me too is uh Robert Weber. Now, on his deathbed, with his kidneys failing him, he tells his wife, it's actually his dying words, that I am D.B. Cooper. So, or actually, his words were, it was me, I'm Dan Cooper. And so, she goes home, starts rooting through his things, which, I mean, for those of us who have been married, I don't know how you would hide this from your wife of so many years. But she finds not only identities for dan cooper but many fake identities that he had um he was he has some trouble with the law in his youth he uh he he was in the military he was trained as a paratrooper and everything and she remembers patching up his knee around that time um but I, I just find it fascinating that someone's actual last words to their wife would be, I'm Dan Cooper. Yeah, so there is one other one that really stood out to me, and I'm not sure if that's because of the plausibility of it, but it was just because this is something that would have been unheard of at the time. Um, Barbara Dayton underwent gender reassignment surgery in 1969 and changed her name from her. Robert. She later explained to friends how she pulled off the hijacking by disguising herself as a man and then escaping scrutiny afterwards as a woman. Uh, Dayton died in 2002. Um, so that that one really stood out to me, too. Not necessarily because I think it might have been she, him, her, what the fuck ever. Um, but only because it was and, you know, really weird. And, and that one jumped out at me, too, because it's like, I mean, when she admitted it, it was, you know, it's because she was from the area. She was she was from the SeaTac area. And she, uh, you know, whenever her and her friends would get together, um, you know, they somehow, you know, because of the local thing, you know, the topic of D.B. Cooper would come up and you, they would talk about how, you know, he did something stupid or foolish or whatever. And finally, she just blurted out. He's all, no, that was me. 
I, did I misgender? Because it was a he, then it's a she. But uh, you think about it, then he... So a couple of the other things that on the plane, the stewardess who was tasked with keeping D.B. Cooper from blowing up the plane, you're keeping him company, basically. Um, she had asked him, you know, do you have a grudge against the plane, you know, the airline or something? You know, why are you doing this? And he's like, no, I just have a grudge. So, and that, I mean... Um, she originally tried to get gender reassignment surgery in, I just lost it. Where was it? Um, yeah, Barbara, uh, uh, in, uh, back East at, I think Princeton. And then, um, she couldn't get, she couldn't, she was denied it there. So she was able to get it at, uh, university of Washington, Seattle. And her doctor remembers that when they first came in or when they, one of the you know, pre visits before the surgery, uh, he came in depressed and broke and then all of a sudden showed up later with the money to go through with the reassignment surgery to complete the surgery. So it's believed that, you know, um, dyed his, dyed her hair, got on the plane, fronted being a man again, because before the surgery, she would dress as a woman frequently. I mean, in order to get it used to her new lifestyle. So, yeah, um, it, pulling off a man would have been easy for it. And then after jumping out of the plane, you just go back to your woman's life and everybody's looking for a man, so they're not going to look at you. Kind of creepy, right? Yeah. But so, it works, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just, you know, kind of future imitating, you know, because, you know, this was 1969 was when she was trying to do the surgery. So so I have a second top suspect, and that's that, that's Richard McCoy. Um, Richard McCoy was an McCoy actual, is a favorite. Yeah. yeah, McCoy is a favorite. Yeah, Richard McCoy was an actual hijacker. In April of '72, he commandeered United Airlines flight with a hand grenade, demanded half a million dollars, and ironically enough, four parachutes. After a stop for the cash, the plane took off, and McCoy donned a flight suit and jumped out of the plane, out of the plane over Utah. So, in this instance, was he simply copycatting something that had been all over the news the year prior? Or was he D.B. Cooper? Now, one of the things I like about McCoy, or one of the things that stands out at McCoy, was that it, it, I don't think there was a copycat. I mean, if it was McCoy, it wasn't a copycat. It was him, you know, hey, this worked the first time. And a lot of people said, well, you know, it, it's different because McCoy had a flight suit and a helmet. Well, yeah, he learned the things, he learned new things from the last time that... um he did that, you know. Hey, you know what? Next time I do this, I'm gonna bring a fucking helmet. <laughs> that kind of thing. So, um, which is what you should do when jumping out of a jet. But another thing about McCoy too is that one of the theories is with the after the first heist, after the two hundred thousand, um, was that Vegas was only a day's drive away, and at the time that was really easy to launder two hundred thousand dollars in Vegas. You know, you just wash it through the casinos. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
and by the time you know the feds or anybody showed up, that's spread out throughout the country. But then the money would have shown up elsewhere. Still, another thing that ties McCoy, and this is one of the underreported things, is what one of the few pieces of evidence um, left behind. And the reason why they haven't been able to is the D, the DNA on it is pretty degraded. But uh, the tie that Cooper was wearing had a tie pin on it, and it's a tie pin from BYU. McCoy also went to BYU. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. So, uh, but yeah, and uh, he was, <laughs> McCoy was caught, um, you know, and uh, he, he later he escaped from Lewisburg Federal Penitentiary by sculpting uh dental um plaster into a gun and him and i think seven others escaped and they were never found again actually oh no no, i'm sorry no he was killed in a shootout with the fbi that's right the fbi agent uh said uh when i shot uh richard mccoy i really shot db cooper yeah he was killed in a shootout three months later yeah i was thinking who's the one who got away to mexico Yeah. I don't remember. Oh, um, yeah, sorry. Uh, Lynn Doyle Cooper. Yeah, that that's who it was. Yeah, Lynn Doyle Cooper um, and his brother Dewey Max Cooper, they, uh, they lived in Oregon, and they raised suspicions among their family members about the time of the hijacking. Their niece Marla um, said that when she was eight years old, she remembered their family suddenly coming into a large amount of money around Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, the, the, the two the two brothers left the house early in the morning before Thanksgiving with walkie-talkies to go turkey hunting. And then um, later, L.D. Cooper was heard to say over Thanksgiving dinner, we did it, we solved our money problems, we hijacked an airplane. Um. Lynn Doyle Cooper later disappeared. Huh, that's yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, well, so, so well, there's there, there's another little side note that makes this uh, a little more po- plausible. Uh, Thanksgiving morning, when Lynn Doyle Cooper uh, came back, who was also known to the family as LD, um, when he came home, he was bloody and bruised. Claiming it involved had in, been involved in a car accident. Interesting. Yeah, you know who didn't go to BYU? Brigham Young. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough. Yeah. So, uh, one of the other ones. This one. Um, I. <sighs> It's a name that's floated, and I and I get why. But Kenneth Christensen, I, I, he was a paratrooper, and he was a mechanic and flight attendant for Northwest Orient Airlines. Um, that was the company that uh, was that Cooper hijacked. Uh, he also remembered the composite sketch pretty well too, um, and eventually, you know, a few months later, paid for his house with cash. Um, in 2003, his brother Lyle saw a documentary on the Cooper case and became, became convinced that it was Kenneth who had died a decade before. Uh, the FBI didn't have enough evidence. You know, that's kind of the thing. The FBI... I, 
it's like they're not even trying because everybody who has come forward saying, hey, you know, I believe that my brother or my family member was D.B. Cooper. They're like, yeah, we've got 10 other people who say that, too. Okay, so you're not interested in it, even though you have spent way more than $200,000 that was hijacked on the plane looking for him. And in 2016, they closed the case entirely. And it's still unsolved as of today. So the one interesting thing they did do is this is, you know, once again, and when I twitch my neck at the federal government, um, in this particular case, they have extended the statute of limitations on it indefinitely. Uh, surprise, surprise. So, you you know, it's not like they, they're it wouldn't be civilized if they ever let them profit from it, you know, to come forward after the statute of limitations wears out and say, yeah, no, I'm actually D.B. Cooper. This is how I did it. You know, so it's better to just leave that mystery out there unsolved forever. Well, all right. So, so, so here, here's, here's the thing about this whole D.B. Cooper thing. The odds of that person, whoever they may be, still being alive at this point would be slim to none anyway. Right, because they were 40 when they pulled this off, and it was 50 years ago. So, 51 years ago. So, yeah, they'd be 91 now. So... At minimum, at the baseline. So, well, well, so to, this to me seems weird, though. When you, talk, when you talk about the fact that for a theft, the federal government has suspended statute of limitations for somebody who stole money 51 years ago, who at this point, even if they were alive today would be at minimum 91 years old. That just, again, that just seems really weird. This goes back to the whole thing of a minute ago when I said it's really weird that the FBI uh, lost the cigarette butts because even if D.B. Cooper wasn't the one that stole them, it could have been very simply that the CIA knew it was one of their people and they busted in and stole the shit. Or just had to lose that evidence. Pretty much. Yeah. Hey, just the whole thing is weird. Okay, every time, and you know, the the more often we do these shows, especially when they involve the FBI, (laughs) it's just amazing the amount of incompetence they just go shucky darn to. Well, I mean, we've talked about this before. The, The thing with the FBI was from the day of its inception, it was basically the counterpoint to the KGB. Pretty much right. what it, that's pretty much what it was created for. Well, um, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, yes. But, I mean, yeah, because that's not really what the CIA does. That, that, so FBI was basically the counterpoint of KGB. The 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 right. original director of the the FBI basically had dirt on everybody in the country, and it's the only reason why a crossdresser was able to keep his job. So the whole idea that in the seventies and eighties the FBI underwent this whitewashing campaign to be you know, true blue American heroes. It, it's never been the case. They're proving again that they're, I mean, as much as, you know, it may be glamorous to be a federal investigator, they're basically keystone cops in, in, in MIB suits. You know who you never hear incompetence about? The Marshals. Because and that organization actually makes more sense. Yeah. You know, it's like the FBI says they do what the marshals actually do, but I don't know what the FBI actually does. I don't know if anybody knows what the FBI actually does, except for the FBI. 
Yeah, except for Spy on. But anyway, we're getting off track here and getting a little p- close to political. Um, but, well, no. I mean, FBI incompetence transcends administrations and politics. It is just from top down. I Have they ever been successful? I mean, they started I, out looking for the Lindbergh baby. And I'm sorry, in my timeline, the Lindbergh baby was never found. I don't know what this bullshit is in this timeline where... It was found later. I mean, why do why is there the Simpsons joke? I am the Lindbergh baby. If they found the baby, yeah, it, yeah. It, well, I mean, maybe maybe they maybe they found a fake baby. That actually goes back to a show that I've started watching on Fox News or Fox, um, where they it's called uh, I believe it's called Unknown. I, I think, um, but it's I think it's based out of Canada. Um, but it's about a, the it's about the missing persons unit up there. In the very first episode, the director of the missing missing persons unit recovers her son, who's been missing for like eight years. Turns out he's not actually her son, but they haven't gotten too far into that yet. But they've let enough slip between the episodes that you know this is somebody pretending to be your son. So maybe that's what that joke was about. Is you know I'm actually the but I mean he didn't say I'm actually he just said I am. So I don't know. If somebody had been found that wasn't the Lindbergh baby, you'd figure whoever was would be like, no, it's actually me, not just I am the Lindbergh baby. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's plenty of things different with this timeline. That just happens to be one of them. We're due for another Mandela Effect show. You know, I, I know we've kind of rushed through the topic tonight, and I that owes to us getting a late start and moving a lot faster than we usually did. And when we, hey, look at that, we're 10 minutes short, and we didn't take a break. So, you know, sorry if we've seemed like we rushed through this. We didn't, you know, give it the attention that it was due. We we really, this is one of the ones we've better researched because um, we've spent so many weeks on it. Also, this is now impossibly hard because there's a documentary. I know. A new documentary. Yeah, there, there's somebody that's now convinced that they've solved it all. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm not so sure, buddy. <laughs> no. But no, it's just, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it wound up being one that we kind of pushed through really quickly because we got a late start and we were kind of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And yeah, normally we have too much material, so that's why we felt like we had to rush. And now here we are, you know, about 10 minutes. Sorry. No, it's all right. I mean, we normally start BSing about the end of the 10 minutes anyway, so. (laughs) So. Speaking of, because we did, we did this the other night, but something new has come out. If you haven't checked out Netflix lately, I do encourage that you check out that 90s show. It's a little more cheesy than that 70s show, but it's still really nostalgic and kind of fun. So, yes, I do encourage that one. But that 80s show sucked so bad. That 90s show actually is based on the, the actual that 70s show. Red, Red and Kitty are um, grandparents now. Okay. Yeah, and actually, the first episode has um, Eric and uh, Donna and their child, and the very first episode is basically their child decides that they want to, that she wants to stay with the grandparents for the summer. So you go and see uh, Red and Kitty go from denesters to having a bunch of teenagers in their basement again. Red hates it, Kitty loves it, and the whole dynamic's basically still about the same as it always was. Got it. 
the weirdest thing for me was seeing like after mash. <laughs> yeah, the, the weirdest thing for me was seeing Kurtwood Smith and Deborah Jo Roop and basically them looking about it about like they did before with a few more wrinkles. It was just kind of weird. I was like, they really don't look like they've aged nearly as much as they should have. <laughs> you know, okay. Um, speaking of red, I, you know what? I'm not even going to get into it again. Uh, you're in hell is the best Voyager. It should have been an entire season instead of a two-parter. And, um, Dude, yes, seriously. I, I actually just rewatched those episodes. They, they dropped the ball. That should have been a full season. And I think that was actually the plan. But I think by, it the, was the plan. I think by it then they realized was the Voyager was already in trouble, so they weren't sure how many more seasons they were actually going to get. Yeah, so... But yeah, so you're in hell. Voyager is the best Voyager, much better than the uh, Tom Paris. Never mind, <laughs> not gonna do that. Yeah, Expedition Unknown also did one. Um, it, it's kind of funny. It's like with the 50th anniversary, everybody got interested in DB Cooper again, and except for the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it really, he is. He's a, he's a folk hero. And like you said, unsung, no, I'm pretty sure there are songs. But yeah, D.B. Cooper is a folk hero. He's always been one of the... In, in my mind, he got away with it. He, he, you know, he did the Butch and Sundance thing. Well, I mean, he may have actually really done the Butch and Sundance thing because they died in the end. Yep. <laughs> You're such a downer. That was never proven! No, of course they did. But in the movie, when they went out guns blazing against the proof, you know. But still. You know, maybe he was, you know, did go out guns blazing against the FBI. Yeah, That's I, a shame. I think that was one of my favorite lines from SG, from Stargate Universe, was when fucking uh, Robert Carlyle starts quoting from uh, Butch and Sundance, and the colonel who can't stand him finishes the line. <laughs> Oh, Robert Carlyle is such an unsung, badass, bad guy in pretty much everything that he does. Yeah, I mean, yeah, twenty. I think it was 28 Days Later he was in, not 28 Days, but the second one. And, I mean, playing Rumpelstiltskin in Once Upon a Time. Yeah, you know what, I'm going to admit, I watched that, okay? That was good for the, like, four seasons. So... Yeah, I mean, everybody watched it. Nobody wanted to admit it, but everybody watched it. Yeah, it was, it was like the number one show on ABC, but nobody watched it. Oh, I'm just killing you. Know, it's just for the kids until uh, Scandal comes on or whatever came, whatever that crap show that was on after it. The other one that I really liked that almost nobody else watched was Revenge. I really liked that show. I don't remember that. Uh, basically, it's a, a girl who grows up to basically avenge the murder of her parents. And she, like, moves on to the Cape and assumes an identity to hobnob with all the rich people that basically aided and abetted the death of and hid the death of her parents. It it was a pretty good show. Um, And then one I found recently on Hulu, which could have been better. It still had a really good premise, but it died pretty early, primarily because the lead actor they found to play the character was kind of... I mean, he had his moments where he was believable, and then it was just like, he would go from, oh, I'm an actor, to, oh, I'm a robot. Um, it was, it's called Eli Stone. I actually, I, 
I liked it because it had, uh, like it had uh, Sydney's dad from Alias, which is funny because in one of the episodes he actually gets uh, caught in a bank explosion, and it was the Dauphin Credit Bank. I was like, that was a nod to Alias. <laughs> yeah. Same universe. <laughs> but yeah, in this in the, in this show he played an attorney. He was actually the managing attorney of a law firm. Um, but yeah, it was just funny because I was like, Dolphin Credit, where have I heard that before? Oh yeah, Alias, and it's her dad. Holy shit. So I, I think that was what got me to actually watch the two seasons, even though it was just, it was kind of weird. It was like a, um, what was... Wait, the, Raptor says he's D.B. Cooper. Raptor's D.B. Cooper? Yeah. Somebody called the Federal Bureau of Incompetence. Sorry, go ahead. Keep going, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just... Uh, shit, I don't even remember now. But yeah, um, if you have some time to kill, that one's actually kind of fun. Um, basically, it, it, it's like Ghost Whisperer meets Moses, because it turns out Eli has an aneurysm, and he like is kind of a prophet from God because of it for some reason. But yeah, so I don't know. In, in, interesting. In, interesting premise. Um, but yeah, watching the guy that played... Jack Bristow trying to play another character was interesting too because he's another one of those ones where characters are typically written for him because he's another one of those ones where he just kind of has one speed so every once in a while when he got mad I was like holy shit it's Jack Bristow because <laughs> that's, that's all that's what he seems like when he starts being super crouchy um, but yeah I I have been watching a little bit more TV lately because I've actually had a little bit more downtime. Interesting. Well, except for yeah, that's week. what happens when you get your life close to normalcy. So, everyone, I got to ask, how did we sound through it? How's Discord working out for us? More importantly, when we're both talking at the same time, did we get a cutout like on Skype, or did you, could you hear both of us? I don't know how much talking at the same time we actually did because still have it. Um, so let's test that real quick. So, yeah, because I know there was a few times on Skype that, you know, one of us would talk over the other one, but... Yeah, well, according to Jeff, it was better than normal, so let's test. So, I'm just going to count to ten, you start counting to ten, and let's see if they can hear both of us. One, two, three, four, five, six, two, seven, three, eight, four, nine, five, ten. six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right. Yeah, because if we are, I mean, because it advertises full duplex, and if we can actually get that, that's awesome. Well, I was also thinking the other the other thing that would make this better, you know, since we are starting to get more of an audience, if we can have the hosts on this, then I can we can dust off voice meter banana again and have a different slider, mm-hmm. and we can use Skype to take calls. Do we want to do that though? <laughs> no, I mean not for. Well, this the other one, thing not, is not because I mean one. you know so many people are in the. Uh, um, Through KLRN Discord, we could just drag them into the uh, showroom, too, if they wanted to. You know, that way we wouldn't have to take calls. We would just drag them into the showroom, and they could ask their question on the air. Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about for, like, shows like this. I'm just saying in general for, you know. The, oh, yeah. You know, for the, the more political shows or, like, you know, and I talked about this with Aggie last night. I'm honestly, once the time change happens, they figured out how to do most of the coaching and training remotely because that's why I had to go back to the office a few months ago. They, they, they finally figured out how to do most of it except for once a month uh, remotely, 
Um, we, we are now required to do one in-person meeting a month, so I'm actually thinking about dusting off one of the shows I haven't done in a while and making it a morning show, because if, if I'm going to be back to doing this pretty much Monday through Friday, and it seems like we're headed that way, I might as well get some early work in in the morning. <laughs> nice. And um, we're in talks. We're going to uh, see if we can make it work, but um, Cyberchill may be coming back off a hiatus. Uh, well, yeah, I knew. I well, I knew that Sam had been talking about it. I didn't know that Cyberchill. No, no, that, yeah, yeah, no. And the food thing—that um, that's something in the works too with Fubar. So. We're getting the band back together, guys. Woo-hoo. Big things for 2023. Huge. Huge. Yeah. But yes, it's funny that you mentioned reinstalling Voice Meter because I installed that this weekend. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm still using Voice Meter now. I just downgraded to a smaller version of it because I was trying to use Potato and I, th- I think that was what was causing everything to go nuts. So I need to test it out with, I need to test out Banana now that we're using Discord and see if it will actually let me use the extra slider because I don't think yeah. this version has enough sliders. You know, this, this one, this one. <laughs> Potato's only... got plenty of sliders. Yeah, but the thing about it was with Potato, it was, it, I mean, I, I would need a, for some reason, the more that, voice meter can do with me having an actual physical mixer uh, the more confused the physical mixer gets which is why I went to the, the most bare bones version I could yeah, find right. work. that makes sense but I was able to use banana before I just went to potato because I was like oh it's even better and yeah apparently not you're trying to use goes to phys- physical mixer too so but pick a lane well, yeah, I mean... We're okay, like, we're rambling. We, we always ramble at the end. It's okay. Just, Hello? Just breathe. It's okay. We always ramble at the end. This is true. <laughs> anyway, so what do you got come, going on this week? I've got... Um, I've got... Uh, okay, so you and I are together for Wednesday nights on uh, Rick and Orty. I've got Culture Shift on Thursday. We are going to be having uh, Jeff on, too, to talk about... Big developments in the Dungeons and Dragons world. He covered it on his show earlier, which, by the way, he went long tonight. It was a fantastic show. He also touched on my one of my favorite modules in D and D history, and that was the Isle of Dread. Um, and uh, that's what I got going on this week. What do you got going on this week? Uh, well, I'll be back on with Stacy starting at seven Eastern on Tuesday, then producing for the Cocktail Lounge. After that, Wednesday it will be me. And then I believe is this Wednesday? No, I guess this coming Wednesday is not the last Wednesday of the month, so we're not there yet. Um, so it'll be me and then G and then me and you, or then the ladies of Red Wine and then me and you. And then Thursday, I think I'm That's off. Right. It's a, uh, I forgot. It's a, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I'm off on Thursday because unless, unless Cranky has something that comes up again. Um, and then Friday, I don't know if I'm off or not, because Mickey is still helping take care of his dad, so I may or may not be filling in with Aggie again. Um, and then I'll be off on Saturday, because it's our off week for jokes. But yeah, I'll be doing my usual, because, you know, my name's Rick, and I'm a workaholic, and my last meeting was forever ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's right. It's a toxic night. Yeah, that's the word I was trying to get out of my mouth. Is it though? I don't think it is yet. You know what? Uh, let's bring. Hello, Outlook. Yeah, it is. I because could, the next Wednesday oh, that, is the first. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, the following Wednesday is the first. So yeah, this Wednesday will be toxic. Somebody mm-hmm. should probably remind G since since he's our babe magnet. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to. I'll I'll drop that in the showroom. And like, hey G, it's almost that time again, bro. Uh, I don't know. So, I just, I, just I, I have run out of females to invite, so I turned it over to him a while ago. Cause I was like, I've invited every girl I know, dude. <laughs> I'm just going to start hitting up. I all 12 of them. I, I actually, we got so, I mean, you know, we were not doing Babe of the Month because everything was just so weird at the time. Then we got back into it. It was like, shit, whose turn is it now? Who solicits the babes? Oh, well, yeah. And well, then G was all over it. So, well, well, then it all turned, right, G. Then it turned into, I didn't really know. I was like, I we've already used every female that I'm familiar with on Twitter that would do it. So, gee, <laughs> I guess it's up to you now, bro. Because, yeah, I, I don't I don't have a very extensive... Amy said she'd do it again. Yeah. I mean, and I... she is still babe of the month, so she can book into that one. <laughs> if she's technically already babe of the month, if she does it again... That's she's... what I mean. She could just be babe of the month in, per- in perpetuity. Seems like it's kind of headed. I'm, I'm on board with that. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I think we I think we are about to call it a night, ladies and gentlemen. Again, sorry that one was a bit more rushed than we'd intended, but it was because we got such a late start. We tried to hurry and then didn't realize how much we were hurrying. <laughs> we tried to pack it, get all the jam packed in there. Oh, but we did have a successful test of. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. No, Ordy's gonna constantly be bugging me about Discord. Why are you? Well, not, yes, I am. Why are you not on Discord more now? Because I'm yeah. not a nerd. <laughs> Use Discord. Put it on your phone. Actually, you. The main reason why I found I enjoy it on my phone is um, not just being able that I'm in contact all day with you know, the internet people, but also like this last weekend when I reformatted my computer, mm-hmm. uh, it says, would you like to log in using your phone? And then a little Q code comes up. I snap a picture of it in the phone app and it logs me in on that computer. Oh yeah. It, it's on my phone. So that way I never have to worry about what my password is again. And well, you know, speaking of phones, this is the thing that I find ironic, right? So I have an iPhone now and I technically have an iPhone with less storage than my old Android phone. But I have more functioning apps with no issue on my Apple phone with less storage than I ever had on my Android phone with more storage than my Apple phone. Explain this to me. Because <laughs> I don't... But my old Android was one of the ones that had like half a gig of storage because I did that on purpose because I got so tired of, oh, you're out of space. My Apple phone has like... I think it's... I don't remember... But it ain't anywhere near what I had on the Android phone. And I have more apps on this phone than I had on the old phone. And it never says, ooh, you're out of space. I'm really confused. Really confused. Mm. 
I, I, I kind of feel like Apple may be the TARDIS of smartphones. More space on the inside, yeah. <laughs> More space on the inside than the box actually says it has, because that's the only way it would make sense. It must use some sort of weird compression, because it's the only thing I can think of, because... I, I literally remember thinking, dude, this has like a quarter of the space that I had on my other phone. I'm not going to be able to put anything on this phone. At this point, I have more apps on this phone, and it still runs smoother. And I've got tons of pictures and everything else that I've never had to delete anything of. But I'm like, I have hundreds of pictures on this phone. If I had this many f pictures on my Android phone, it'd be like, hey, please delete. I can't work anymore. <laughs> I can't work under these conditions. I'm not a slave, damn it. Give me some of my memory back. All right, anyway, yeah, officially ranting now, so we should probably go away. Or not ranting, yeah. but rambling. <laughs> we are rambling. You know what I mean, damn it. I was already tired. Okay. I was as already, we are wont to do. I was already tired when the show started. <laughs> oh, okay. all right. Well, good night, everyone. Have a great weekend. And um, D.B. Cooper, if you're out there, you're a hero. I'm sure by now you're either eating tapioca or listening to us while sucking through a breathing tube, but we salute you, sir. Good night, everybody! Wouldn't it be weird if D.B. Cooper was Joe Biden? Just had to throw that out there. Good night, guys! Pick. Hail Hydra. <laughs>